Welcome to the first episode of the Alpharetta Symphony Podcast. I'm your host and music director, Grant Gilman. If you haven't seen it yet, check out our season preview video at alpharettasymphony.org. There you will find out all the great music we have planned for the 23-24 season, which is actually our 10th year as an orchestra. Among the big pieces we will perform this season is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. I bring this up because the opening four notes are by far the most recognizable in all of music. However, on our opening concert, September 15, 8 p.m. at the Alpharetta First United Methodist Church, we are celebrating another piece that not only is turning 100 years old very soon, it also has one of the most recognizable moments in all of music as well. Rhapsody in Blue is the feature presentation. I don't think it's too much to say that most people, orchestral connoisseurs or not, will recognize much, if not all, of this iconic piece. It's unique how this piece came about. In 1924, band leader Paul Whiteman approached Gershwin to compose a jazz concerto, which could be performed at a concert aimed to demonstrate that jazz had a legitimate place in the world of serious music. This would end up being the defining description of Gershwin's music, serious jazz. The piece was initially scored for a jazz band with Gershwin himself at the piano during the premiere. The 17-minute opus seamlessly blends elements of classical music and jazz, which was unprecedented at the time, though not completely brand new as Debussy, Ives, Mio, and even Stravinsky had already explored this combination. It was at any rate a groundbreaking demonstration of Gershwin's distinct talent for synthesizing different musical styles. Originally titled An American Rhapsody, the version we hear most frequently in concert halls today isn't the original jazz band version. It's an arrangement by Ferd Graffa, who was Whiteman's arranger. In fact, Graffa made three different arrangements in 1924, 1926, and finally in 1942. The 1942 version, scored for a full symphony orchestra, has become the standard allowing the Rhapsody to live on in the realm of orchestral repertoire. Now, the funny thing is, Gershwin actually forgot about Whiteman's request for this piece. So the story goes, his brother, the also well-known Ira Gershwin, who incidentally came up with the title after viewing a Whistler exhibit, read in the paper that George's jazz concerto would be performed by Whiteman's band in just a few weeks. George was shocked, had remembered the conversation, but was not aware the deadline was so close. He of course got to work right away as he took the train to Boston from New York for the opening of his newest musical, one of the George White's Scandals Broadway reviews. He is later quoted as saying, it was on the train, with its steely rhythms, its rattly bang that is often so stimulating to a composer, I frequently hear music in the very heart of noise, that I suddenly heard and even saw on paper the complete construction of the Rhapsody from beginning to end. I heard it as a sort of musical kaleidoscope of America, of our vast melting pot, of our unduplicated national pep, of our metropolitan madness. By the time I reached Boston, I had the definite plot of the piece. This is a remarkable quote, as it fully encapsulates the artistic development at the time, even the national sentiment, one of positivity 
and optimism. The other unique element of this is that though Gershwin and Grafa were working very quickly to respectively write and orchestrate the piece, Gershwin never actually wrote down the solo piano part before the performance. Thus, the only place it actually existed was still in his head, leading to a much different and largely improvised version that we will never hear again. This is not uncommon at all for other geniuses of musical history, especially Mozart and Beethoven, who would do the same thing, preferring to use a sparsely notated piece of manuscript paper as a reminder of the things they already wrote, but nothing even remotely resembling sheet music that any other pianist would be able to play from. Now, the piece itself has quite a unique structure, one that often drew criticism, basically that Gershwin had no idea what he was doing. I personally think that's ridiculous, but I will leave that up to you. Furthermore, the piece is clearly titled Rhapsody, which implies no particular form whatsoever. Okay, back to that opening smear. This was actually the idea of clarinetist Russ Gorman, who played the premiere performance. Gershwin had actually written out this very long chromatic scale. When Russ played the long glissando in the opening bar, Gershwin quickly approved. Immediately following this opening, we get the main melody that most of the piece will revolve around. piano starts to sneak in, there is always a feeling of improvisation, like the pianist is writing the part for the first time, almost as Gershwin did himself the first time he played it. As the piece unfolds, we do get different moods, a kind of Latin flavor, a march that picks up a bit of speed, and finally a luscious melody that was eventually adopted by United Airlines as its main marketing music for many years. Finally, the piano has one last cadenza, but decidedly takes a different direction, one of speed and hurriedness. That leads to the orchestra's return and then last statement of the broad tune to close it out with complete satisfaction. Much like the work Gershwin did early on in his career in Tin Pan Alley, accompanying singers and sight-reading song after song likely written the same day, 
This rhapsody has elements crafted to be just the hint of an idea that gets developed over and over again. If you were to pick apart each little section, you would reasonably find fault with it. But as a whole production, this piece has stuck with us now for 100 years. Be sure to come hear us perform this amazing work, along with other Gershwin favorites sung by local vocalists Tiffany Uzoji and Raphael Fleuristal, September 15, 8 p.m. at the Alpharetta First United Methodist Church. Tickets on sale now at alpharettasymphony.org. See you soon.